0: he been putting in work for so long. Putting a lot of work. What's going on guys, welcome back to Putting in Work, episode 103 of the interview podcast on the 8-Bit Collective. We are powered by Audio Technica and I'm your host John Peck with Mayor Ben Smith on the show. We're getting political this week. Now I've always wanted to have a politician on the podcast. I thought it would be really cool to look at the grind, the work, the effort that goes into that particular field because it isn't really something you get to hear people discuss very often because they're, you know, often in campaign mode or they're trying to protect their job. Politicians aren't able to kind of talk in such a relaxed format as a podcast. I don't think I've ever heard a city councillor on any of the podcasts that I listen to, over here at least, but the chance has come up to talk to Ben Smith. He's the mayor of a small town in Western Pennsylvania called Butler, He's also an entrepreneur running a brewery and a cigar shop over there he's balancing all of that with his family life he's also very into podcasting and the video game sphere so it's a perfect kind of combination for the audience of this podcast i think and for my personal interests so i found it really fascinating just to talk to ben about you know balancing all these different responsibilities and jobs and tasks and keeping people happy, which inevitably is impossible in politics, especially in local government where everybody has their opinion about how their town should be run. But I think Ben really is the perfect personality for that because he's so laid back, but he's also such an incredibly hard worker that he's going to do what he can to please people, but also what he believes is right. So I won't go into too much detail about all the different things Ben does. We're going to cover all that in the interview. So here he is, Ben Smith. Enjoy the show. Thank you so much for joining me, Ben. It's uh, awesome to have you on the podcast, finally. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. It's all right. You sent me a long message last year with a a bit of your background, and there's a lot to get into. That's why I kind of want to start from the start, I think, and we can talk about how you got into the world of entrepreneurship. I might give you a chance here to plug the various uh, endeavors that you are part of, because I'll probably miss one of them along the lines, but let's hear it.
1: Sure, I run a podcast with my cousin. That's that's the oldest project I think I currently have going. It's called Election College. It's a history show all about uh, presidential elections in the United States. Of course, I have the uh, the business being the mayor, <laughs> and then uh, I'm the uh, the editor in chief of a, a hobby site, but it's probably a little more than a hobby site called HandsomePhantom.com. Dustin and I run that together and have a a great team of ten or twelve people who. Uh, help us out, write for us. We just launched a new podcast. I'm not sure when this will go live, but we just launched a new podcast um, in January called the HP Podcast. Um, that will be part of a video game network that we're creating with some large uh, ad execs <laughs> in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, more to come on that you know, later down the road here, trying to recruit some people, but uh, it'll be all about video games. So that's That's also kind of another side project. takes up very little time, but it's it's a side project um, along with Handsome Phantom and the HP podcast that's going on. And I mean, we try to dabble into everything a little bit, but mostly just talk about video games. Mm.
0: Do you own two? Pubs or breweries now?
1: Yeah, so I uh, I own a brewery, and then we have uh, an offshoot location that we still serve our beer, and then lots of other liquors and beers as well. That's cool. Uh, but it's it's primarily a cigar bar, and so it's uh, no food or anything, but it's meant just for you know uh, smoking cigars drinking fine whiskeys and and good wow. beers and stuff like that so it's, it's a lot of fun
0: that sounds like a niche kind of thing i can't imagine like where, in my <laughs> circle of friends too many people would be like let's go out and smoke a cigar is is it a certain clientele
1: uh yeah it's surprising because it's it's surprising because we have some uh you know some older 50s to 70s men uh who come in and smoke cigars you know they're a little more wealthy but then we also have you know your your 20s to 30s crowd who uh who come in pretty frequently so it it has been quite a different mix traditionally uh in this area i think cigars are thought of as kind of hoity twity Mm. uh i've tried to help make that true for the people who want it to be true and approachable (laughs) for the people who want it to be approachable
0: that's funny the only cigar clubs I can think of in movies and stuff is like these exclusive meeting places where they have like a lockbox and you know some secret hidden in there. But uh, I'm, I'm sure none of that stuff's going on in in yours.
1: Well, it's act- we actually call it a speakeasy, <laughs> oh, okay. and uh, yeah, so I mean, there's a little bit of that, but uh, it's not exclusive. But it's certainly hidden. It's it's
0: kind of in a basement of a building, and nice.
1: when people find it for the first time, they're they're like amazed.
0: That is cool. So how did you get onto the track of of, uh, pursuing these kinds of interests? Were you always going down the path of uh, being a business owner or a small business? uh, Yeah, I
1: think so. Uh, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur as long as I could remember, you know, putting up uh, signs at the local stores, you know, soliciting for uh, grass mowing business and, and things like that when I was under 13 years old, you know, somewhere before being a teenager. And just always been looking for a way to better myself and and find a way to hopefully make money and and do good while doing it. So uh, my degree in school was business, although um, you know I think you can go into business with any degree. It's it's uh, mm-hmm. it's a good thing to to have a business degree, but that's not necessary. And uh, so just you know I think an entrepreneurial mindset is probably more important. Uh, than having a, you know, a business background initially.
0: Sure. And so when you kind of first dipped your toe into starting your own business, was it much like the way people would buy a house where you save up a bit of money and then get a loan and, and launch into it?
1: Yes and no. Uh, so we, there's there's not a lot of loans available for untested new businesses, mm. you know, people who, who don't have an existing... Revenue streams. So a lot of the uh, the credit was was built off of mine and my partner's uh, credit, personal credit. Uh, but there were also some some loans as well. Fortunately, we did a lot of the work ourselves. You know, I was I was working a full time job, had a new kid, was doing my master's degree as well, and and still actually physically you know doing the build out on the building. So. We saved a lot of money that way. Of course, it may have taken some years <laughs> off of my life, but uh, I think it's worth it in the end to not have that debt hanging over us yeah. like some other people, unfortunately. you know, are. That's the situation they're in.
0: Hmm. And how old were you at that point?
1: Uh, we have been open for uh, about a little over three years uh, at that location, but it, it was probably two years in the making before that, as far as the actual you know, getting the building together and, and everything. But um, the ideas started brewing no pun intended uh several years before that
0: sure so you're kind of starting your own business as like a 27 28 year old at that point
1: uh yeah i think actually i think the um our llc paperwork is filed in 2012 so 25 right. wow. ish or before
0: okay and you live in a fairly small city, I guess. What is it like? Fifteen thousand people. That's correct. Yeah, we, yeah. it's
1: um, thirteen to fifteen thousand somewhere in there.
0: So, is there a bit of thought that goes into like, is our town big enough to need an extra business like this, or is, is there enough demand for this product that we're or service that we're providing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was um, we did some market studies on our own. There had been some studies done. Uh, hey, what does the community want to see? And one of the top results that, that came back in that official study was a, a brewery or something like it. And there, there had been nothing in this town like that since uh, you know the, the prohibition in the 20s and 30s. So wow. uh, there was that. And then there was also a matter of, of convenience um, that I lived in one area, uh, my partners lived in a different area, and this area was a familiar place to us. Butler was a familiar place to us. And we always like to say equally inconvenient for everybody. Um, so eventually we did, I mean, we all moved to the, to the area, um, but it was not that way initially. It was more of a, um, we love this place. And also it's a good business opportunity based on the numbers we see.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And I guess like the limitations that you might get from uh, your potential customers, you know, being in a smaller town, the overheads are probably a lot less than they would be if you move to a larger city too. So there's probably that part of it too.
1: Yeah, the overhead's a lot lower, but, you know, the theoretically the income is a lot lower as well, more than a, um, a major area, so it is a trade-off, but I mm. think it's the right one.
0: Yeah, and I guess there's something to be said for the lifestyle you can get from a small town as well. Sure, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's it's more comfortable for for less money for a lot of people, I think. Yeah.
0: And so was it this interest in business that got you interested in politics as well? Maybe. I don't know
1: that it's directly <laughs> correlated. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I've never really approached it like that. But uh, I mean, I've always had an interest in politics and, and being in leadership roles. But yeah. I think it was the fact that I was a business owner and was very active in the community that people started to identify me as, hey, mm. you're supposed to be the guy that... Because basically what happened is we were trying to get... Um, someone to run against this individual who was in office, because um, just didn't like the way things were going. And as I'm, you know, out there trying to find someone that get ideas, people kept saying, it's you, you're supposed to be the one. So eventually, I <laughs> thought, I, I guess they're right, I guess I'm supposed to be the one.
0: That's funny. I, I guess I would linked the two things, the business and the politics, because in my own experience as like a journalist, and you know, person that lives in a city with council members and having had to, you know, interview them and that kind of thing. It always seems like there's a good number of them that are local business owners and something happens that <laughs> annoys them and they're like, I'm going to fix this. And you know, that's why they run and they run on the back of that, you know, I'm here for the people, I'm here for small business, I'm here for this and that. And uh, was, was that part of the case for you? Or was it something that was just kind of a uh, guess, just part of your background?
1: I think it was definitely part of that. Um, it would be disingenuous to say that I didn't uh, talk about business at all in my campaign uh, because I certainly did and certainly want to see it thrive. And, you know, we've made, even in the last year, we've made great great strides to, to make that be the case. Um, I think, you know, most people who go into politics in some way business people and that's either that's one of two two reasons one they have a a mindset that they're able to think about things in a you know logical thought out manner not that other people can't but it just if you're in business you have to think about them in that way or there are they are uh trying to make more money for themselves and benefit themselves in some way and, and that's that's their avenue of doing it um, certainly, I don't think I'm the latter, but other people may disagree. I don't know, but um, so I think it's a natural kind of thing to go from business into politics. But in reality, for me, it was look. I live here. I own I own property here. My children are here. My business is here. If the town fails, I fail in every aspect of my life. In a sense, um, so it was important for me to to see that not fail.
0: Hmm. Yeah, from my own experience with politicians that, you know, small government, local government, state government, federal, whatever it is, it seems really obvious fairly quickly who is there for what reason. And whether that's just a vibe that you get or a way that people present themselves, like you say, like there is the two sides where it's someone that's kind of there for themselves and someone who like really genuinely wants to help people and make their community a better place. So were you ever kind of reluctant to jump in because of, I guess the nature of politics and how dirty it can get and how just frustrating it is, whether you're succeeding or failing?
1: Yeah. Uh, I was hesitant then. And even now, you know, a year into my term, I'm sometimes, I wouldn't say regretful, but <laughs> wow, this would be easier if it weren't for this. Um, mm. I mean, I've gone to great strides to, um, For instance, I was asked to, we we make beer at my business, I was asked to have my beer at the ballpark that's in our city, which is kind of, sort of, it's a long story, but owned by the city. And I thought, that would be a bad look, because I just got into office, and even though I was asked by the people who run this park, um, since they just started doing beer, if I would have my beer there, people are going to think that, you know whatever happened you know you can make your own assumptions there so i passed up on a business opportunity that probably could have made me a decent bit of money um in hopes to
0: not give
1: that Mm. appearance of impropriety off yeah and Um, that's like
0: putting your business partner in a crappy position too because you know (laughs) they didn't run for office but they missed out on that opportunity as well. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And and that, that does become an issue sometimes. But it also op- opens up opportunities that may not have been there and, and aren't strictly political. But you know, I meet people who are like, oh, you're the mayor and you also have this business. We should talk because I just happen to be looking for a place to have this event or whatever. So mm-hmm. it does allow me to meet people and it opens up new opportunities. Um, it was also really funny whenever I – first announced my candidacy, we saw an increase in business just because people wanted to come into the business and meet me. Um, but they did right. it under the guise of, "Oh, well, we might as well go get dinner. And, uh, <laughs> so that was nice, but of course, you know, I, I do or say one really terrible thing and there goes my business, I guess <laughs> is the, it, is the yeah. opposite side of that.
0: <laughs> is there a sense of being able to separate the different hats that you have to wear or are you Ben Smith, the mayor, when you're at the brewery as well?
1: Yeah, I would say that I can't get away at least from people talking to me about city politics and city Mm. things or, you know, why is my street not plowed or something like that. (laughs) But I try to be very diligent about differentiating those things. Certainly, I don't want to put people off all the time. But, you know, there have been nights where I've been bartending even that, you know, filling in or, or just trying to make sure I'm staying familiar with the customers. And people will say, hey, are you the mayor? And I'll say, I sure am, but not when I'm bartending. And <laughs> some people get that, that, hey, this is not the time or place. I've got a lot of other customers. Yeah. And other people laugh and then still ask me their questions. So I just roll <laughs> with it and deal with it as it
0: comes. They're like, when you finish pouring my drink, let me tell you about the pothole outside my driveway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> And I'm wow. sure the other customer across the bar will be very happy to know
0: that's why their drink was late, was because yeah. your pothole is important. <laughs> yeah. Were you going into this knowing what to expect, or have you found that it's a lot more than what you thought it would be in terms of the amount of people, complaints, all the you know tensions that you have to manage?
1: I would say both. There were many things I was very much expecting uh, for the obstacles to come up, and, and I don't think you meant this, but... I just want to convey, like, I think a lot of times what I do talk about is the people who complain. I, I very rarely, and I think this is our tendency as humans, talk about the good things that people say and talk about. So that's always refreshing, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I don't think I fully realized everything. And, you know, until you're on any job, you're not going to fully realize everything, and I probably still don't. Sure. But um, there were just as many things that I fully expected to happen that did happen, and I was able to deal with them, and as there were things that I had no clue were going to come up and, and have come up and have to figure out how to deal with that or, okay, how, how does this work? Like, what is this piece of paper? Who do I hand this to next? Like even just little things like that, mm-hmm. just, you know, like you would with any job really, I think it is. There's a perception that the mayor does everything, whereas I'm on, city, I'm on the city council. There's the mayor and four other people on city council. We each have different roles and responsibilities, and so – Sometimes it is um, interesting to me how many people don't realize that, because I always realize that, but, you know, I was involved, I was plugged in. A lot of people think that the streets are the mayor's problem, and um, I'm happy to help, but that's somebody else's department, I don't want to step on their toes.
0: Yeah, like I worked in a state office for about a year, and it was uh, very clear that people didn't seem to see the lines between local government, state government, that kind of thing, so it's Absolutely. an educational experience for everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I was campaigning, I had a lot of people ask me about national issues, you know, what do you think about gun control, or yeah. <laughs> abortion, or or, medic- or or you know uh, medical care, and I was like, well, I'm happy to give anybody my opinion on anything, but the reality of the situation is, I'm not going to be able to touch any of those things if I wanted mm. to, so uh, education is a big piece of, of running for office, I think.
0: Sure, so... Getting into a role like this, you must have kind of just had to resign to the idea that there's going to be people mad at you kind of all the time as well. Is that part of it?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's people mad at me. And that must be really hard. Like
0: It is. Um, no matter what you do. I'm, I'm pretty thick-skinned,
1: uh, but yeah. I also am a, I'm a human being, so it's people talk about um, about things and they tell me that I did things and it's the first thing, time I ever even heard about that thing at all. <laughs> so sometimes it's that I did something and people didn't like it and other people did like it and I have to deal with, how, with that, how that shakes out. Other times it's just that, you know, it's it's kind of like a high schooler's childish game where people tell me I did something or, or, or th- said something or thought something and It never even crossed my mind, let alone happened. So that part of it is more difficult for me is that people assume things of me that aren't true rather than that they're mad at
0: me for the actual things that are true. Sure. And with all that considered, like why did you actually want to do this? Because, you know, it's easy to look at all the problems that you have to face and all the difficulties that you put up with, but there was a reason that you started this and that's probably what's kept you going through all the burdens and <laughs> frustrations, I imagine.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, it's a matter of wanting something better for other people than I have for myself, essentially. Um, so trying to be able to make a difference, make a change, make those things positive. And not just positive in six months. You know, a lot of the things that we've been working on as a, as a city are things that probably will really be seen visibly in 10 years. Hmm. And that's also hard because, I mean, I don't have any definitive plans, but I'm not really planning on being in office in 10 years. And knowing that some of those things aren't there, but knowing that in 10 years this place will be better because of something I helped do is important to me. Knowing that there's a difference, that pe- some people see that difference, that some people will see that difference down the road, um, that's important to me. And, you know, overall, like I said earlier, everything I have, my family, my life, my business, et cetera. Uh, are in this town. So if I want to be successful personally, not just like selfishly, but if if I want my family to not live in a a slum and not have a failing business and et cetera, uh, the town needs to do well as well. Mm.
0: And so how do you find you are able to balance the different things you have to do? Because obviously we've talked about the brewery and the cigar shop and that in itself would be like for some people, like, I don't know, like 40 or 50 hours a week. But then You've got this other side thing that's, oh, the mayor of this town. As well as that, you're doing podcasts, you're creating content online and doing that as a hobby and for fun. Where does the time come from and how do you kind of decide where you need to dedicate your energies?
1: I'm not as good at it as I should be, I guess. I think I tend to put more important things behind less important things sometimes. Or maybe just... um, You know, I think we all do that to an extent. You do what you want to do first. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes that can be a problem.
0: But yeah, I mean, I didn't even mention that you have a wife and kids as well, which, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, if, I mean,
1: if I have to be brutally honest to myself and everybody else, they're the ones who suffer the most because if there's any time that gets cut, if, if, it's, it's, a, if it's a matter of Ben works or Ben's been signed with his family, and it has to be one of those two, I almost always work. And not because I don't love my family, not because I don't want to be with them. It's just that that's they're easier to, to disregard sometimes. And that's really hard on me to know that,
0: that I do yeah. that. And I'm sure it's hard on them as well. It's like they'll forgive you, but the business partner or the constituents who expect something from you, it's, it's a bit harder to convince them that the other thing was more important at that point. Right, right. But my, my normal answer is that,
1: um, you know, when people ask me how I make time for everything, I, I say, uh, I don't really sleep a lot, which is true. And my hobbies are my work. So if I have something I enjoy, I turn it into a job. And I mean, I, I did it with beer brewing. I've, I've done it at least on a, a large scale hobby uh, and with video games, uh, with being involved in the community, I turned it into running for office. So like my hobbies are my work and my work are my hobbies. I don't really differentiate the two. I treat everything like it's critical. So I don't do a lot of relaxing. You know, I don't just sit around and watch TV, which I would don't have a problem with people doing that. It's just not my normal mode of operation. Sure.
0: Like there must be times where you just wish you could give up one of these things. like obviously you're not going to give up your family, but the office and the brewery and everything. like like how do you deal with those times where things just really start to seem to pile up?
1: That's a good question. I don't know that I have many of those moments more than for a couple seconds. It's always just a matter of you know at relying on other people. Uh, to the extent that I feel comfortable and they feel comfortable in asking for help. I don't have a problem asking people for help, but um, delegation is something that I, I do have a problem with sometimes. I, I try to do my best, but, uh, you know, sometimes you just know that this will take me an hour to teach someone and I can do it in 10 minutes myself, which one would be better. So for me, it's, there are times when I'm like, well, I let's give this up or give that up. Uh, but that that goes away pretty quickly when I realize that, okay, just, you know, Just breathe in and you'll get it done. I I don't know how to describe my personality because I am myself, but other people have described me as collected and by no means do I feel collected, but apparently from the outside, I often seem very even keeled. (laughs) And so um, I I guess I don't get frazzled easily or or stressed Mm -hmm. out easily. Um, But internally, sometimes I I do feel like, how am I going to get everything done today? And then turns out it, it all worked out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you could even be in this position if you weren't that type of personality to start with because, you know, the thought of adding this extra duty or responsibility on top of what you already have would be pretty daunting to most people, I imagine. Sure.
1: Yeah, I, I would think so as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what would you say has been the hardest part of balancing these things or of, of getting to this point that you're at now where you're able to do each of these activities that in and, in and of themselves would be you know plenty enough for most people
1: i guess just making certain that i've actually given the time necessary to something and not um you know only halfway done it uh sometimes i make a lot of notes for myself and figure out which ones get to wait till next week and so that's hard when i realize that i let somebody down or Um, let myself down at a project that I wanted to get done or needed to get done in time for a deadline. Those things are certainly hard to deal with as far as categorizing them and and choosing who gets the ax when. But I I think the biggest piece comes in when I'm able to look at everything and see that it's done or see that we got something accomplished and that Maybe something suffered here or there, but overall it worked out. The, I think the hardest part is when I disappoint people, though. That's that's pretty hard on me, whether it's my family or constituents or business partners or customers yeah. or whatever. I don't think that happens often, I hope. I, I might be wrong, but uh, when it does happen and I know it, it it's that does get hard on me because I'm pretty thick on the outside, but pretty soft on the inside.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I'm pretty soft on the outside, too, <laughs> but that's physical, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I was going to say like there must be a difficult process in your head when you think in those rare instances like I'm sure I would be a much better uh, business owner or a better father or a better mayor if I wasn't doing these other things but at the other side of the coin you're able to from what you've been saying like have your cake and eat it too and it must be really satisfying to see what you've accomplished whether it's a great result in the community with one of the local issues or seeing people come into your business and, and turn a profit.
1: Yeah. And I think those things can go hand in hand a little bit. Um, not that I'm, you know, trying to make money from my position, uh, as far as my business goes, but I think the fact that people are, uh, aware of me because of my business, therefore they want me to do well in office and they're willing to help me there or vice mm. versa. Uh, I think those things go hand in hand. So, it certainly sometimes seems like the two conflict with each other, but I'm sure as often as they conflict, they also work together.
0: Yeah. It sounds like from all these things, like if something had to go, it would be the extracurricular stuff like podcasting, but it sounds like as well, you seem to have a pretty consistent schedule with that. So how do you fit that all into this?
1: That's my time. You know that The time I use to do the podcasting and um, anything else related to that is, is like what A normal person would use to relax relax or watch tv or you know whatever um play a couple extra games that they don't know that you know like that i wouldn't normally get the chance to play uh so that time is to many people busy time and Mm. and not to diminish that i mean certainly it's it's busy time for me too but for me that's my relaxing time my that's my fun time Mm. um so it's work but it's what i want to do rather than what i'm required to do i guess i should
0: say yeah it sounds like it's the creative outlet coming out of your personality where you might not get a chance to be super creative as the mayor or you know as the bartender but you know that's your chance to create something that you can put out for people just to enjoy as entertainment
1: right and that's also you know it's low risk that that's a good thing is that if i need to uh I, i don't i honestly i don't know how we've been successful in, in those ventures um as, as far as we have. But if it's something that if I needed to back off from, uh everybody involved would understand and and whatnot. But it's also one of the things that, you know, brings me the most joy. <laughs> so <laughs> if I were to do that, it would be at the peril of my own Um, happiness, I think to to some extent. So it's, you know, some people need to be able to have some time to read or they need to decompress or they need to listen to podcasts or whatever. Uh, I need to create, I need to to work. I need to have something that's my creative outlet, like you said, and that happens to be it.
0: I think if you look at how much the uh, president plays golf over there, then everyone in politics should be able to find some time to do something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, well, we won't get into politics <laughs> on the
0: national scale, but
1: um, I think being the uh, the mayor is probably less work than being the president should be. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's probably important to note, too, just that the, the mayor is supposed to be in the city, it's supposed to be a part-time job. Um, it only pays $10,000 a year and has healthcare and everything like that. But, um, it's not a job you take if you want to get, you know, money or power or anything. Uh, it's Mm. a small town. It's a small salary. You do it because you want to help or because you're an egomaniac. I'm probably somewhere, (laughs) uh, I'm probably somewhere of a mix of the two. Yeah. yeah, If I had to be honest, but it's something that you have to, to want to do. And by no means is it a part-time job for me, but the good thing is that it's, it's not like you know running 24 7 it's not like running a big city um so there is a little bit of difference there but i mean don't get me wrong it's hard work but it's not uh, all consuming like some bigger offices would be
0: sure yeah that makes sense and like there must be people in your town that have almost no comprehension of what podcasting even is like how do people usually react when they find out about these projects you're involved with the outside of work? Uh,
1: I don't I don't really talk about them terribly often. Um, do you think they,
0: they just don't know about it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's possible that some of them don't know about it. I know there's a lot of people who do. Uh, I mentioned in one of the debates we had before I was in office that somebody, I think there was a question that pertained to history or something, and I mentioned right. you know, one of the podcasts I do are, are, is about history, and you know, I mentioned the name and everything, and, and somebody after, actually, not somebody somebodies i had three people within the uh the next week ask me if um when they could hear my podcast or my my show on the radio <laughs> and they wanted to hear it on the local am station and it was you know very difficult for me to explain and these weren't elderly people they, these were like you know average joe 30s to 40s people who just did not have a, a concept of that and i think that's that's not uncommon uh, no. still even but yeah it, i i don't know that most people would understand what I do outside of being the mayor and running a business, because it's just not in the common vernacular, probably. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Would you say they're two worlds that don't collide?
1: No, I think they collide in some sense. Uh, I was in a meeting with uh, some some bigger politicians, I guess you could say, in this area for the county and you know, reaching even a little bit to the state level. And uh, the conversation came up and another council member was there with me and he mentioned one of my gaming trips that I took and and that sparked a discussion and uh, at the end of it I, I made the joke that the person who started the discussion was so old because um, they mentioned they asked like is that like comic-con or something and I you know I just thought it was humorous that they got it but they also had no clue uh, at the same time right yeah so <laughs> the, the worlds don't don't collide as far as like work or anything goes like that but it's amazing how many kinds of discussions I can get into with someone over a drink or uh while we're brewing beer or something like that that um has to do with video games or
0: or technology or something like that mm. that's cool because i guess like you and dustin were able to go out to e3 was it last year uh yeah dustin and i went out to e3
1: um we've been to multiple or uh, more than that on our team have been out to multiple uh, uh packs events and uh, we went to the game awards yeah. this year so yeah it's We we get to do a lot of that kind of stuff.
0: That's cool. So, Ben, what would be your advice to anyone out there who wants to add something to what they're already doing? Because I think that's really part of what makes you so interesting is that you're not just putting all your energy into one project, but you're able to balance multiple things, whether it's someone that has a job, but they want to start a website or someone that has a podcast, but they want to start a YouTube channel and and just kind of juggle these things simultaneously.
1: I think the biggest thing is to be honest with yourself because... There are times now when I have to tell people no about things they want me to do, or pro, you know, projects or new ideas or ventures that they want me to do uh, with them or to help them with. And knowing when to say no. I mean, and knowing yourself mm-hmm. in general. If you're someone who knows that you need um, a certain type of uh, job structure, and that after that you need to be able to to do whatever it is you do, whether you you know read or sit around and watch TV and enjoy that immensely or you make music or whatever it is, know what your limits are because nobody knows what you can do like you do. And I think the other thing is never compare yourself, you know, to someone else that looks like they're doing more than you or that they're doing better than you because at the end, I mean, it's about what you're doing and if you're able to accomplish your goals. And that's important because I, I who have too many things going on tend to still look at other people and be like man i wish i could do that oh that that looks cool what they're doing man i wish that that i got that many uh <laughs> whatever it is um so i think that understanding your limits and and knowing yourself better than other people uh try to tell you about yourself um, mm. it is very important, but overall just being ambitious and by ambitious, I don't mean you have to do a ton of things. I mean, whatever you do, do it the best you possibly can do it. And if that's just one thing, that's fine. If that's 15 things, do them all with excellence. Don't slack on any of them. It's really important to me to, uh, to see people succeed in what they're doing rather than flounder in multiple things, succeed in one thing rather than flounder in three.
0: Sure. So succeed in one thing before you attempt to pick up a second or third. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And yeah, I can absolutely agree with, you know, what you're saying about comparing yourself to other people. It's it's the disease of more that people often struggle with, I think, where no matter what they've got, they'll always look at someone that's just ahead of them. And when they overtake that person, they feast their eyes on someone else. (laughs) Right. It just becomes kind of A toxic way to to be, I think.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Especially if it causes you to, you know, it's one thing to have that reflection upon your own self-worth, but when it causes you to resent other people because they're more successful than you, then that's obviously a huge problem.
1: Right. And I mean, our our societies, our cultures, no matter what country you're in, throughout history have had a problem with vanity and and wanting to be something more and, and envy. But when you look at some of the statistics at least in the US of like suicides and how they rose after the the invention or the the onset of social media i can't help but think that there's some envy and some look at them what they have what i don't have mm. going into that of course i mean i'm not saying that suicide is all about that but you know mental health of course plays of course. an issue into that but those things that we look at Myself included, and think I'm I should have that or I should be like that, uh, aren't healthy and we need I think we just need to be watchful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's that thing of like if you're looking at someone thinking that way, there's probably someone that looks at, you know, your Instagram photos and thinks, Well, I wish I could have that house or that wife or that car or that job or that lifestyle and you know, it's the grass is always greener, so just be happy with what you have, count your blessings, I think. Absolutely. All right, Ben, the last question for you. If you could do anything and you knew that you would not fail, what would you do? Oh, man. Like,
1: does it have to be business-related or can it be anything at all? Anything. I think I'd do skydiving because my... Biggest problem with skydiving is I'm afraid I'm going to die.
0: Yeah, it's a it's and, a bit of a thing when you're hurtling through the sky. It's hard not yeah. to think about that small percentage chance that the parachute doesn't open. Because you hear those stories, like you know it might have only happened five times in history, but you still hear those stories. Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah. So I I think that that would have to be it. I, yeah. I don't need to I don't need to have that fear while I'm experiencing that joy. I just
0: want to have the joy. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I've always wanted to have a politician, so I've ticked off that box. And, uh, of course, it had to be someone from my community as well, so I think that's probably the only way it could ever happen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, thanks a lot.
0: Thank you for listening, and thanks to Audio Technica. You can say hi to Ben on Twitter at bensmith2588. You can check out some of his coverage over at Handsome Phantom and his political podcast is at Election College. If you want to help out this show, you can do that by leaving an iTunes review or a five-star rating, but also by picking up some sweet putting In Work merchandise, all of that over at 8bit.net slash P-I-W, that's A-T-E-B-I-T, and that's where you can find the rest of the awesome podcast content from the 8-Bit Collective. We have some big news coming up soon, so stay tuned for that. You can catch me on the social medias at Jono himself, and until next week, keep putting in work.